It's Daily Thunder, the truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now, here's Nathan Johnson. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, we've been walking through these first few verses of Ephesians chapter 1, and it's been rather powerful, at least in my life. And uh, as we get into this, it's interesting that, again, Paul, as he enters into verse 3 down to verse 14, he's entering into this blessing section, talking about this overwhelming blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. And uh, what I want to do is we're going to be looking at verse 4 this morning, but what I'd like to do is start in verse 3 and read verses 3 and 4 just so it's fresh in our mind uh, as we come into this passage. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says this. Paul's writing, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. Let me read it one more time. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. Again, Paul's talking about the overwhelming blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. And even though he splits it up into three sections, the blessings we have in the Father, the blessings we have in the Son, the blessings we have in the Spirit, it's interesting that every single blessing that Paul is talking about in this passage finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus, or sorry, uh, what Paul is saying is that God has not given you things outside of Jesus. He's given you Jesus who becomes everything. Or as Peter says in 2 Peter 1.3, in Jesus is all things that we need for life and for godliness. In other words, what do we need outside of Jesus? Nothing. Why? Because he is all things that we need. And so even though Paul is talking about a number of blessings that we get to experience, even though there's a whole number of blessings that we get to have in our life, which is so phenomenal, it's not like it's a, oh, this is a blessing, and that's distinctly different from this. Every single blessing that God has for us finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ, which is a phenomenal thought because the moment you have Jesus, you have everything. That in Jesus is every single blessing that you and I get to experience because he is the blessing itself. Is this making sense? That it's not that God just gives you peace outside of Jesus. He gives you Jesus who becomes your peace. He doesn't just give you joy outside of Jesus. He gives you Jesus, who is the fullness of joy. He doesn't give you patience. He gives you Jesus. And he gives you a traffic jam to produce the patience. <laughs> but it's Jesus, right? Because Jesus is our patience. So everything that you need then is found in one single place. His name is Jesus. Which is phenomenal, because the moment you have Jesus, whoo, I have everything. Which is an exciting thought. Now, as he moves into verse 4, which is what we're looking at this morning, he begins to define the aspects of these blessings. In other words, he's just giving you the blessings and just the different ones that there are. Now, he starts in verse 4, and he says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, that word for choosing, let me pull this up, this is good. That word for choose or chosen literally has the idea of choosing for oneself. Do you realize that God has chosen you for himself? 
Uh, this isn't like going down to the supermarket and, and you know, you're looking and you're looking at all the different breakfast cereals and you're like, I'm going to choose one of them. And you're just like, I don't know, let's just take this one. That's not that kind of a choosing. Uh, there might be a hundred boxes of life cereal and you're just like, I'll just grab the one in the front. Why? Because it's convenient. That's not how God chooses. Do you realize that God is hand-selecting? He is purposeful in his choosing and he is choosing for himself for his own pleasure, for his own delight, for his own purpose, for his own plan. So the choosing is not for you. The choosing is for him. But I'm the object of the choosing. Isn't that a neat thought? Uh, that word for choose, by the way, in the Greek, it's two Greek words that are put together. Uh, it's the Greek word ek, which is the idea of out of, and it's the word lego, which is the idea of to speak or to call, that kind of an idea. That's where we get the word logos from, the, the lego. It's the speaking word kind of stuff. In other words, this call or this choosing is a to speak or to call out of kind of an idea. That he's looking down and says, oh, I, I, need, it. I need something. I just need someone. And so he's looking and he's looking and he's just kind of going and shifting through everything. He goes, oh, there you are. I need that. I need you for me. That God is choosing you. Now, when you look at it in the Greek, it's fascinating that this word choose is in the indicative. Oh, which excites two of you. The rest of you are like, good. No idea what that means. The fact that it's in the indicative means it is a simple statement of fact. Uh, this is not a question like, well, maybe he's going to choose you. Maybe he's not going to choose you. This isn't a, a possibility kind of a thing. What Paul is saying here is, this is a simple statement of fact, God has chosen you. This isn't a question. This is just pst, fact. Bless you. That this is just, hey, this is the facts. That the, what is the fact? God's chosen you for himself. That he's hand-selected you. He's, he's gone through all the options. And he says, whoa, there you are. I, I need that. I need you. I don't know what you think of when you think of choosing. Um, I immediately think of, like, sixth-grade dodgeball. Uh, I went to public school. Don't hold that against me, but I went to public school. And here we are. We went to gym class, and I hated gym class. I just, it was never fun for me. I just, I, I, God has not given me athletic ability. I can, I can play disc golf. That's about the extent of my ability. Outside of that, I'm just kind of, I, I hated gym class. It was just always horrible. And Probably one of the main reasons I hated gym class is because of choosing. Yeah, we, we get into gym class, and the teacher says, all right, today we're going to play dodgeball. And, of course, all the big guys are like, yeah, dodgeball. All of us nerds are like, no, target practice. And, and so the teacher says, all right, we, we, need to, we need to split up into some teams. And so who does the teacher pick as the captains of the team? Whoa. So she puts Philip Hartman whoa, over here, right? And then Preston Yoder whoa, over here. All right, Philip Hartman, you get the first pick. And he's looking across the crowd, and he picks the next biggest, toughest guy. And it's like, whoa, it's going to be a good team. And then Preston says he's looking across the whole team, and he finds the next biggest, toughest guy. Whoa. And that's on that team. And, whoa, that's going to be a good team. 
And eventually they, they make their way through all the big tough guys, and then they start making their way through the big tough girls, and then there's like... <laughs> you know who you are. Anyway, after all, the, all, after all the athletic, talented, big guys and all the strong girls are, are cho chosen, there's like five of us left. And we're there going, oh, I hope I'm next. Oh, I hope I'm next. <gasps> I hope I'm picked next. Right? And Philip's looking. He's like, oh, oh, uh, uh, I'll, I'll take you. And Preston's like, oh, I just, me, I, I, oh. All right. Um, hmm. I guess I'll. Take you, right? And now there's like two of us left, and we're like, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me! I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready! Right? And Philip looks and just goes, Preston, just take, take the two of them. We'll do better without them, right? Now, I was chosen! But how was I chosen? Well, last pick, bottom of the barrel. Not very many options. Bummer. But hey, at least I get to play. Do you realize that's not how God chooses? That's not how God chooses. Now, I don't know how this works, but somehow it's like God lines us all up. And God says, all right, all right, I got, I got, I got the first pick. Who's going to be my first pick? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> you! <laughs> now, I don't know how this works, but somehow, you are God's first pick. And you're like, I know. <laughs> Good, but you recognize that your neighbor next to you is also God's first pick. Yeah, yeah, them, yes. Yeah, your roommate, yes, was also chosen. Surprise! Isn't that awesome? And how were they chosen? Hey, they were God's first pick. Now, again, I don't, I don't know how this works because it, in, 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 in even just the language to say it's a first pick means someone has to be first. And yet in God's choosing, do you realize there's not a first and a second choosing? It's a first choosing. That you, you are God's first pick. Year, years ago, I wanted to create a T-shirt that said, I am God's favorite. It's true. I can biblically prove that to you. I am God's number one favorite. I know you don't believe that. I am. I am God's number one favorite. Now, I would have had to put on the back of the shirt, so are you. But do you realize that, hey, that you are not an afterthought? That this wasn't a, whoops, what are we going to do with you kind of thing? See, God was not walking around one day, and suddenly you show up, and he's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, I totally forgot about you. Well, what, am, what am I going to do with you? I have an idea. I'll come over here, uh, dig a hole, fill it in, dig a hole, fill it in. I'll give you something to do. Just dig a hole, fill it in, dig a hole, fill it in, dig a hole. I'll, I'll keep you busy. Dig a hole, fill it in, dig a hole, fill it in. Do you realize that's not what God does? That God has a purpose and a plan. Do you realize that he has been anxious all throughout human history for you to be born in this season? That he's had a purpose and a plan. He has a, he has a calling in your life that is distinct, that no one else can fulfill. That you are absolutely down to it, important to the plans of God. And you need to fulfill the plans of God in your life.
that he wants to use you in this generation for such a time as this, that you are not an accident, that you are not a mistake. Now, you, hey, your parents may have said that to you, but hey, that's not true with God. Do, do you realize that you were not a mistake? That this was a, oops, what are we going to do with you kind of thing? This isn't a, well, I, wasn't, I didn't have you in my plan, but uh, here, I'll, I'll give you a, here, dig a hole, fill it in, dig a hole, fill it in. That's, that's not how God operates. Do you realize that he has been anxious and excited? In fact, that's even in the passage. Look, look at the passage again. The passage says that just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. How did he choose us? He chose us in him, in Christ. Now, we talked about this in the last study. But do you realize that you are chosen in Jesus? That's an exciting thought. And the reason it's an exciting thought is you realize that your whole life then is found its purpose and its meaning and its whole destiny and the whole emphasis of life is found in one, one single place, Jesus. Uh, you recognize this idea, of, I'll read this, Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, get this, all things were created through him and for him. Do you realize that you were created by Christ, for Christ, to be in Christ? That your life is found in him. And when was that choosing Hey, when were you chosen in Christ? When did that happen? Paul says that happened before the foundations of the world. Uh, the word for foundations, really interesting. I've been pondering it afresh. And I don't even know what to fully do with this yet, but that word foundation has the idea of, it's, it's the first in a series. It's, it's the founding of something. Oh, I founded this. It's that kind of idea. Uh, it has the idea of foundational, meaning it's the it's the foundation kind of, it's, you know, it's the basis of everything, where everything is built upon. But that word for foundation is also scripturally used in the sense of conception. Isn't that interesting? That that word in Hebrews is used, I mean, it's used foundation in most, most of the places where it shows up, but in Hebrews it's used in the sense of conception. Well, what is that? It's, it's an exchange of DNA. It's a, it's a dumping in fact, the word, literally, the word foundation really means to throw down. So it's this idea of founding or creating a foundation or giving of DNA. So, so what's taking place? It's like even before God created the worlds, even before he said, let there be light, even before he laid the foundations, hey, even before he conceived the world, hey, even before he wrote himself, his DNA, in, into creation, do you know what he had on your do you know what he had on his mind? You. See, this isn't a well, I was born 20 years ago, and suddenly God goes, Woo, I need to do something with you. Because Paul says that even before the founding of the worlds, even before the conception of the world, hey, even before God said, Let there be light, you were on his mind. That you were the beat of his heart. Hey, you were just the excitement of his day. And he has been waiting decade after decade after century after century, after millennia after millennia, for right now for you to be born. Why? Oh, 
Because you were chosen. Do you realize this changes everything? See, in, in the natural sense, you know, we have a whole bunch of people who are told by their parents, hey, uh, hey you were a mistake, you were an accident, you were a whoops, you know, and, and hey, we found ourselves pregnant, and, but hey, we kept you, praise the Lord, and hey, that's wonderful. But hey, that, that is a diminishment of your value. Do you realize that's, that's not true with God? That there is no oops with God. That you are important. That your parents it may have been an oops, but hey, this was a, God had a purpose and a plan, and he knew exactly when this was going to take place. And he's excited because, hey, he's been waiting since the foundations of the world for you to be here in your strength. And I know we, we, we say this oftentimes, but you realize that, hey, we are getting into days that are darker and darker and darker. And we're getting into a season where it seems like the word of God is just being diminished and diminished and diminished. And, and you're like, boy, things are, things are looking like they could, get, that they, could, they could just get tough. I know, isn't that exciting? Because these are the days when we need strong Christian men and women. Hey, don't ask to be in the good seasons. Hey, don't ask in the nice, where everything's peaceful. Hey, don't ask to be here when, you know, when everything's going right. You should be like, God, give me the hardest season of the world. The hardest time in history. I want that season. Do you realize that he has chosen you for this day and age? Hey, you're coming into your strength right now. That's, that's amazing. Why? Because we need you. God has a purpose and a plan in Jesus. Uh, it's interesting. We live in a time when at least in our culture here, there's so much confusion about gender stuff. You know, and no longer do we have, you know, there's no longer two options, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense because there's two options. You know, Facebook now has, at one time they had 200 different gender options. So if you wanted to identify as a female hippopotamus, that was an option. And that's sad. Uh, a couple years ago, I was talking to this young man, and he's like, Nathan, I just, I just feel like God made me wrong. I, I just I feel like I should have been a woman. I feel like I, that God messed this whole thing up. And, and why am I stuck in a man's body? And I looked at him, I said, buddy, God doesn't make mistakes like this. Do you recognize that he has chosen you before the foundation of the world? That he's knit you together in your mother's womb? Hey, do you not recognize that he has a purpose and a plan? And he, hey, he gave you manhood. That's a great thing. That God is not making accidents here, folks. God's not a, oh, I totally forgot about you. Oh, you're the, one, you're, you're the lone exception. Do you realize that's not how God functions? Why? Because he's chosen you. Is making sense? So you cannot go up to God and say, God, I'm a mistake, because you're not a mistake. Hey, God, I think you've messed this up, because he, hey, he hasn't messed this up. Hey, God, you've given me a weird, weird personality. That's true. <laughs> no one's told you that, but I just, someone needed to confront you. Uh, but hey, you cannot go up to God and say, God, I, I feel like... Hey, you've wired me wrong. No, that's not true. Now, all that needs to be sanctified. Hey, that's very true. 
And hey, hey, your whole life has to come under the authority and the dominion of Jesus. Hey, that's very true. And hey, you need to live surrendered and abiding in Jesus Christ. That's very true. But God doesn't make mistakes. Hey, you are not an accident in his mind. That he has a purpose and a plan. Do you realize? Just, just get out. I wish you could just somehow grab this. God gets up one day and says, oh, I'm going to make a world. Let there be light. But even before that day, you were on his mind. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to give that to you. Somehow I wish you would just go, oh. Oh. <laughs> now, hey, it's true. In and of myself, I, I, there is no value in me. Hey the, hey, the best I can pull off is filthy rags. God doesn't need me. He has angels to do his bidding, folks. He doesn't need one more human. He, he doesn't need one more servant. As if I could do something for God and I can go, oh, look at, look at how great I am. He doesn't need me, but he does want me. He doesn't need to use me, but oh, he longs to use me. So I'm really, really special. It's not you. It's him. Because how are you chosen? In Christ. So your value doesn't come in and of you, and of your own wisdom, of your own ability, of your own talent. Your value comes through him. And the fact that you are in him. And that you are chosen in him. And that you have life in him. Because this is all about him. Because this is of him, through him, to him, for his praise and for his glory. But do not lose the fact that you have been chosen before the foundations of the world. Now, with that, let me give you just two quick ideas. Number one is the idea of personal. This is a personal choosing. Uh, this is not like uh, God is lumping you in a big group and saying, ah, I'll choose that group. This is an individual choosing. You have individually been selected by God and chosen in Christ. This isn't, well, I will choose all the people who have gone to Ellerslie. It's not that kind of choosing. I will choose all the people who live in America. It's not that kind of choosing. I will choose all the people who are unathletic. Hey, it's not that kind of choosing. This is not, hey, I will choose the people who Sandy really likes. It is that kind of choosing. But she loves everybody, so I guess it works. Hey, it's not that kind of choosing. See, this isn't, hey, I'm going to choose your family. See, it's not that kind of choosing. And, and hey, there is that kind of choosing in Scripture. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. But do you realize that this choosing, what Paul's talking about, is singular. It's, it's individual. This is, hey, he's looked at you square in the face and said, I am choosing you. Hey, this is personal. Hey, he's just, he's, he's thumping on your forehead. Hey, he's lining us all up saying, whew, I get one first pick. All right, here we go. Who am I going to pick? Who am I going to pick? You! I'm going to pick you. And you are God's first choice. You as an individual. Insert your name here. You are God's first choice. It's personal. And not just personal. The second idea here is the fact that there's a purpose behind this choosing. Well, what was the purpose of the choosing? Paul goes on and says... That the purpose of this choosing 
is that you would be holy and blameless before him in love. Do you recognize that the choosing isn't just, hey, I'm choosing you for myself. Hey, you are my first pick. I'm individually selecting you. And then it ends there. But that the choosing has a purpose. And what's the purpose? Oh, to be like him. And the purpose of the choosing is so that you would be chosen out, that you would come out from the world, you'd be unlike the world, and in the choosing, you would begin to look just like the one who is choosing you, who is holy and blameless. He is the Holy One, and He is choosing you to be just like Himself. Now, next week, we're going to be looking at that phrase, holy and blameless. And what does it actually mean to be holy and blameless? But you need to recognize that you have been chosen, and not just chosen for anything, you've been chosen distinctly for the purpose in Christ to be just like the one who is choosing you. That you would be holy and blameless before him. Isn't that an exciting reality? Hello? You have been chosen. Wouldn't it be neat to realize that not only you have been chosen, but you have the opportunity to choose him too. And make him the first thing of your life. And what if the delight of your heart, and what if the delight of your mind, and what if the focus of your attention, and what if the throb of your heart, and what if the passion of your being was the one who's choosing you? Do you know what we would call someone who lives like this? Yeah, we'd probably have to call him a Christian, wouldn't we? Someone whose life is all wrapped up in Jesus. Experiencing the life of Jesus. Being holy and made blameless before him. I want that for you. Well, if you want to join us in the study next time, I encourage you to study out verse 4 even more. We're going to return to verse 4 and look at this idea of being holy and blameless before him. It's going to be exciting. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that I'm not just an afterthought. Or thank you that I'm not just a mistake. Thank you that this wasn't a, whoops, what am I going to do with you? Lord, thank you this isn't a, oh no, here, here's a hole. Dig a hole, fill it in, dig a hole, fill it in. Lord, the fact that you have chosen me. That, that I'm not just the end of the barrel or the end of the list. This isn't just, well, the last person picked out a game. Lord, I am your first pick. And that you have chosen me for yourself. And the fact that this is personal is, wow. But Lord, the purpose of this whole thing is that I would actually be in Christ. And that I would begin to experience the life of Christ. What is the blessing that I have in you, Jesus? Oh, that could be just like you. That you are wanting to make me holy and blameless as you are. Lord, despite what culture has said, despite the pressures going on around us, despite the confusion that we have right now over identity, Lord, may you become the focus of my life. Would you become my identity? Would you become my delight? Hey, would you be the throb of my heart? And Lord, I do pray that 
you would allow us to realize that you have chosen us even before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless before you. Lord, I'm convinced that if we could somehow get a hold of that, it would radically change how we live. We just couldn't remain the same. So Lord, would you change us? Would you draw us in? Oh, would you change our hearts and our minds? And Lord, thank you for even just the opportunity, not just to be chosen, but to be like you. We love you. Just give you the praise and the glory in your precious name. Amen. Daily Thunder is a production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training and the Bravehearted Media Group. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and see it once again gain the stride of the Spirit emboldened and brave. The Daily Thunder video stream can be watched live daily at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Saturday, and 7.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Please consider booking a stopover at the lovely Ellerslie campus at the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains for one day, one week, one semester, or for an entire season. We hope to see you someday soon live and in person. Thanks for listening.